0: Welcome to the School Business Leadership Podcast, as we continue with our Summer of CPD series. Today, Ali Bigwood returns to talk to me about the realities of running multiple social media accounts for his school. We talk about different platforms, audiences, content creation, content planning, and time commitments, as well as how to navigate safeguarding and tricky conversations with stakeholders. Get out your pad and pen because this episode is full of the good stuff. And on today's episode, I'm joined by Ali Bigwood. Regular listeners will remember Ali from episode 11, where he spoke about the importance of CPD for SBLs. You can find a link to that episode plus more about Ali in the show notes. But as a quick refresher, or for those who don't know anything about him, Ali is a strategic business manager and has experience in a wide variety of education settings. He has worked in education for 19 years and is passionate about making a difference. Ali is joining me today to talk about how to get started with social media for your school. Hi, Ali.
1: Morning, Lauren. You right?
0: How not too bad? It's a good topic, this one, isn't it? It's very of the moment. I've seen a few people asking this question on social media, ironically.
1: Yeah, I think I saw that one as well. And it's uh say I'm really interested in. So yeah, happy to share any ideas.
0: And obviously, social media, we are all familiar with it in our personal lives. And we, you know, we're on Twitter. I always advocate for Twitter anyway, um, for SBLs, you know, Facebook, Instagram, etc. But we're talking about this from an organisational point of view, and that can feel quite different and a little bit scary. First of all, how did you actually become involved in social media for your school?
1: Yeah, so um, I've always had an interest in social media. I picked it up whilst working at a previous job of mine at an education centre called The Park. This was in the early days of Twitter, probably around Mm -hmm. 2009, 2010, and I really liked how you could... um, and post information um, or photos and interact with others at a really quick pace obviously use twitter and instagram in my personal life Uh, i don't use i usually use facebook but i don't use uh that so much um but i enjoy seeing the fun content um which other organizations post so i tried to replicate some of that in my school accounts i i got involved like like say through my interest in it really at, at my first school um the head teacher used to do a lot of uh posting and i said can i you know, have the details for the account, and um, I've got myself involved. As time's gone by in my career in schools, you know, I've sort of adapted my role and developed it as the school has become a tr- part of a trust. Um, so I've gone down the social media and marketing route as one of my specialist areas to focus on. So um, it's an area I really enjoy, and I've sort of had a lead on it where where I am at the moment.
0: How important is it for schools to be involved with social media? Do you think?
1: Oh, oh really, really important. To, in particular, just to get the positive messages out there and share all the good, the good news stories that happen in schools. i currently working um, in a school which doesn't have the best offset, offset rating, for example. So what I'm trying to do is raise the profile of it uh, as best I can by sharing as many positive stories on, a plat- on platforms which are free. I know I know social media has its negative sides, but for me, it's all about sharing as many positive news stories, images, um, of, of the young people and the staff within the school.
0: I suppose it's about, let say, reputational, promoting the reputation of the school and the branding of the school and getting your own narrative out there, isn't it? Like you say, especially if there have been issues previously for whatever reason, it's your way of getting the truth out there. Of actually, this is what it's like in our school and this is what it's like to come to our school.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's exactly that, really, and getting our name out there amongst the community and showing all the good work we do here. And there's many different areas which we can post and put on the platforms. We have many different audiences we're trying to attract. Um, so different, different platforms have different audiences. And I think one of the key things to start looking at when you're, when you're setting up is a, uh, your social media channels is um, understanding who your audience are um, and understanding mm-hmm. that each different social media uh, has different audiences. So if you're talking about Twitter, Instagram and Facebook, the, the three main ones. And they have three very different audiences.
0: Okay, so let's start with Twitter then, one of my favourite platforms. But why would a school be on Twitter and what would they be looking to achieve from posting on there?
1: So I think Twitter is the main um, one. for It it has the broadest range of followers. um, And this can range from councillors to local MPs. Prospective staff might look at the Twitter account. Local authorities and businesses, community groups—the list is pretty endless regarding um, your audience. There, um, it's a large community basically, so you, you want to be sharing your good news with uh, and stories and information to as many people as possible, really. So, Twitter is really good to you know for the community basically, is what I say.
0: I like what you said about prospective staff as well because. We all Google now, don't we? And Social media is a part of it. You know, Do they have a profile? What is going on there? So yeah, attracting staff is another important yeah, element. Yeah,
1: certainly um, something I would do if I was looking for a job is look at social media feeds for new schools. And I'd like to see what's going on there. And it gives you a really good insight. You have a look at the website, obviously, but the website, if you've got, you know, might have a news page, which gives you um, up-to-date information. But i like to think of the social media channels are sort of live what's happening in a school on a daily basis so i would have a look there to see uh, the sort of thing which goes on and um, this can be from the pupil side of things or if they have staff engagement um, i tend to post on my twitter feed uh, play for the school football team, so i might post on there about uh, how well the school is doing or how well it's not doing against other schools in in staff leagues for example and i'm thinking oh if the school's doing that that's a good thing for me to be involved in so it it appeals to me as a um, a prospective new school if I see something like that
0: I think it's a very important point you've made there a website is static so some people might be thinking well I've got a website or a prospectus or whatever it is that you know an online pdf or whatever Um, but I say it doesn't change very often you know you might update it annually or termly whereas like say social media is live it's to the moment and we're used to having up-to-date info aren't we we want to see what's happening today
1: yeah, exactly that. And it's a really good insight to the day-to-day goings-on of a school uh, rather than the website, which is great. It has a lot of valuable information. Uh, don't deny that. But like you, like, like, with, like, we are saying, uh, social media is, is much more day-to-day and, and live.
0: So if that's Twitter, where does Instagram fit? Because that is a very different platform, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it is. Yeah. So um, Instagram, I see as um, the audience is more your, your pupils um especially in secondary schools it's more your parents uh younger generations of parents are coming through they like they use instagram a li- little bit more so their parents and their fam the parents and the families use it i also, I also see it becoming quite popular with um the staff as well at school um they mm. tend to interact on instagram a bit more uh, and use that as a platform uh, to view pictures videos uh share information as well so the, the target audience is a little bit smaller a little bit narrower. Um, but just as valuable and it's a it's a good new platform which is is popular and you can do a lot of uh, you know effects on there you can do video stories etc so a good, a good platform for you know i almost want to say the younger generation but it's a it, you know once again another free platform so one to be used really
0: it's interesting like you say about twitter is 180 characters and maybe a picture or a gif usually and Instagram is videos and they say effects and pictures and things it's a very different way of communicating isn't it and I suppose in some ways there's an opportunity because it's free like you say you know you don't have to get a professional you know videographer to come in and do certain things do you?
1: I think with all all the social media channels one of the major benefits is that it's free it only takes the time you know if you're in a working environment it only takes the time that you uh, take to create or make posts it's a free platform so use it you do have the danger of um and i've fallen down this this hole of, of creating too many uh, platforms and then then not getting updated and being live content for example i remember setting up in um in lockdown a TikTok account because that's another popular one these days with young people um mm-hmm. and the novelty soon ran off for me on that one however i've got a couple of members of staff who who enjoy updating it so we do keep it live um, but it's just not something I've taken uh, a handle on. And you could you could look at Snapchat as being another similar one. We haven't gone yeah. down that route in my current school, but I know other schools have looked at it.
0: And what about Facebook? Where does Facebook sit within all of this? Who was on Facebook that we're trying to reach?
1: Yeah, Facebook is your your well known one, isn't it? Um, not saying I personally use or have used in the past, but Facebook is usually used for parents and families, uh, prospective parents and, and current parents and pupils use it as well. But I do notice a lot of our family members like to see family members of pupils like to see good work or photos of their children shared on Facebook. Uh, It's also quite good for communities uh, to share posts. So we've been working with a a local group here um, who run the local Millennium Green. And anything we do there, we try to tag in and and share them. So it's very good for the community Facebook. Um, But I do know this is the one which seems to have a lot more parental engagement regarding comments. And things like mm. uh, things like that.
0: We've talked about how to attract people to follow us as a school. How do we choose who to follow? Do we need to follow anyone? Do you think?
1: So, if it's a school account, personally, I don't think this is important as who follows you. Um, but you may st- you, you may want to still choose wisely who you do follow. Um, especially if you're using on Twitter as a source of information and ideas, it can be really helpful if you're following the right people. Uh, we know that in our business manager Twitter. Accounts that we, if we choose the right people to follow, we can get some good information, good ideas. But when you're choosing it for the school, you may want to, uh, like I said, choose wisely because you may want to share posts from others, um, as it shows your school as a, you know, as a collaborative uh, entity uh, and a community organisation. Particularly in Facebook and uh, Twitter, you almost uh, you want to follow some organisation on, on Twitter, yeah, just to pick up what's going on in the community, which you can then share on your feed.
0: Mm. In terms of what you share on your feed, we've talked about the different types of content for each platform. But how, how do you know what is right to share and what's not right to share? You know, where do the lines get drawn?
1: Um, I think it goes back to knowing your audience. Um, if, you, if you're looking to share something around the community, then I wouldn't necessarily go on Instagram to do that. You'd go on something like Twitter where you know your, your, that's where your uh, audience is based, uh, who will see it more. You know, Twitter and uh, Facebook would be the pages to do that. So when I choose my content, for me, it's usually uh, there's two sort of strands to the content I choose. It's usually planned or done on an ad hoc basis. So for planned content, I tend to use a school calendar or, or I'm aware of events and national celebration days uh, or weeks or months, you know, World Book Day or visitors coming into schools or trips that may be happening. Um, so I tend to create a social media calendar where I know when things are happening. The other side of things are the ad hoc posts I might make. Um, And that can be as simple as me walking around the school and spotting a nice display board or having a chat with a teacher. And they might say, we're holding a reading competition this afternoon in class. Do you want to pop by and take a photo? Um, So I might go and do that if I've got the time. If I have a spare five minutes, I'll go and do that. If not, it's something which would be a nice to have to post um, or the teacher might take a picture and then send it to me at a later time so I can post it for them.
0: How do you involve other people? Because like you say, you know, you've got teachers who are saying, please come to my class and, and take a picture and share it on social media. You know, was it difficult to get people involved and to think that way? Because I have used to do this in schools, you know, before social media was so big. Um, but trying to get people involved and letting me know what was happening was really difficult. And it was hard to kind of get that mindset. How do you go about that?
1: Yeah, it's tricky. Totally agree with you on that. And I, and I had many um, conversations, sent many emails out, which get no responses. But to be clear, it's, you know I don't do all of this myself. I do, it does require, especially in a big secondary school or an all-through school, with, which I'm in, you do require and need the uh, others to help it, help it chip in with content and posts. Um, I do lead on it, but it's very much a team effort. And so one thing I do do is send out an email every couple of weeks asking for staff contributions. Um, I try to make this a quirky email so it gets their attention. Always getting their attention, as the great David, Brent's, what David Brent once said. Um, this will ask for the email going out. We'll ask for homework, classwork, trips, visits, um, sports events, etc., achievements of, of young people. Uh, but I do try and make it a bit engaging. So rather than people seeing, oh, it's Ali here with another email. Let's just delete that. Um, I do try and um, make it something they want to reply to. But I've also got a number of staff in departments who are my go-to people. They'll always find me something if needed. So if I'm saying. Um, we've got a bit of a quiet week, but I need something for um, a post on one of the social media channels. I'll just tap one of these guys up and say, you know, get me something as soon as you, you can. And it can be literally just a photo of some students working in the classroom. There's nothing more um, complex than that. So they're, they're, they're really my social media champions. And I, I have around eight to 10 of those I can tap up at various different times.
0: Wow. Now, they are a group of people to help provide you with content. But, in terms of it's your job isn't it to go back and create it now, what about those people who may be thinking that's great, but I've got no clue how to use Instagram or to make a video or put this together or I feel worried about it. you know what advice would you give in terms of the content creation
1: yeah i I, I would say start simple um, get confident in making some easy posts. The most simple way to do it is just a photo with a small amount of text good way to get that's a good way to get started uh, you don't you don't need to do more than that I, I do say. Um, try and put a photo with everything because it's more engaging from mm. what I can see and I've spoken to others and they, they tend to agree rather than just a bit of wording but you can you know like you say you can jazz it up a little bit with a gif I know you like your Friday gifs um, mm-hmm. you can you can make it fun and a little bit more engaging with something slightly different um, I personally now use a number of different apps um, which can help create images or collages or videos Picked these up over time just through my interest. And there's millions of apps out there you can use, but I've narrowed it down to maybe 10 different ones, which I consistently use. I did write about these uh, a few years ago, so I could probably share that um, with, with the podcast. Um, it needs a little bit of updating um, or some new apps I discovered and started to use, but happy to share the ones the ones I use and, and how and why. Oh, a that would hint. be great. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, a good hint when doing posts, though, is also when you do post your content is to link it to a website um, or relevant pages of other websites if you can, just so it can drive you, because you you know certain social media only gives you a certain amount of words like Twitter, so you can't fit your message, you you might not be able to fit your full message in, so you might want a few opening lines, which then takes you to your website where you can uh, put as much information or many more photos if you like. But it's it's just about taking those simple steps to start with and being confident and not having that fear about what you're going to post is, is wrong or, or, you know, we all make a, I've made many typos when I've made posts. And luckily on Facebook and Instagram, you can edit the post. Twitter, yeah. you may have to delete it and start again. But at the end of the day, it's a person typing some text. So errors will happen.
0: <laughs> what kind of content works well in your experience? Like you say, you've been doing this for a while. I'm assuming you've had lots of trials and errors. What is working on social media at the minute?
1: Yeah, so like I said, generally photos of pupils always go down well. That's a that's a given. So so don't be afraid to yeah, put as many photos of pupils on there on there as possible. As time's gone on, we've myself and colleagues have um, come up with a number of ideas which we tend to do now. So end of, at the end of a main academic year, uh, end of term video montages. They go down really well. This is where we sift through. A number of photos from the year choose the best ones stitch them together on a video uh, app and then add some music to it it's always a nice way to end the academic year goes down well with um, with all your followers and, and and things like that so we do one for the pupils and we also do one for the staff because that's a nice the staff really mm-hmm. enjoy that as well and only make a it's a two-minute video so it fits on twitter but it's, it's really nice and um yeah really nice to see what went on in the school year Um, Other things we've done, we've done social media takeover days. These have gone down really well uh, with pupils and staff. So this is when, for example, the maths department take over the social media for a day. Um, You can plan the content in advance. It's a really good way to show uh, the department and it gives a really good insight. You can start it with a team photo. You can have maths challenges going on through the day. Uh, You can talk about maths home learning, uh, maths achievements. Um, and you can you can make a nice little uh, story or make a day of it. Um, one thing we've done in lockdown we've done something called Student Shoutout Fridays. So this is where I would write out on a Tuesday to say, uh, get, can you give a name check to any pupils who've done some exceptional work?" Um, the student, uh, the staff, would come back to me with uh, literally the name of the student and the reason why, and we can make that we made that into a short video with some upbeat dance music and they went down really well every friday morning i think students were waiting on the friday mm-hmm. morning to see if they got a name check from their from their teacher um, so we've got some good feedback on that um, yeah we've done other things such as we get involved in staff recognition day so you, you hear about um national teacher day and national ta day so i might go around interviewing a thank you getting a thank you from members of staff and pupils and so stitch that together as a video uh, they go down really well and the final thing which um you know I'll talk about, uh, I'll talk about is um each in the secondary area of the school areas, such as the science department, do it, do a, a funny little experiment every week, and we call it Science Friday. Um, so the technician involves all our staff and gets a member staff to carry out a weekly experiment, and it just it's just a quirky thing. so when uh, you're looking at these things on social media, you're thinking, "Oh, the school seems to be having a bit of fun there, so um yeah, yeah. really good.
0: They say it's creating that impression, isn't it? And giving people a real flavour of what it's like to be in your school and what their children might experience if they were to go to that school.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, children are there to be educated. But schools, as I always say to people I chat to, should be a fun environment. They're stressful at times for staff working there. We all know that. But ultimately, they're a really enjoyable place to work. So let let's make our social media show exactly what our school is about.
0: Everything you've said there sounds amazing and you know the more adventurous you know tech savvy sbls might be going yes let's get started but there is a time pressure isn't there you know how long does it take to put these things together how long does it take to keep those profiles active and engaging and you know chat to people create the content what does it look like
1: yeah you're absolutely right about the time pressure um it is if it's part of your world then you do have to commit a little bit of time each day to it so um or if it's part somebody else's, you have to make them aware that it will take a bit of time. So I tend to put aside 15 minutes to 30 minutes a day, possibly at the start of the day, or or, or more than often at the end of the day. It's a nice way I see to end the day when you're post putting some good positive posts on social media. But I must admit I do because I enjoy it so much. I do spend time at home creating posts and putting things together and getting ideas. So. I tend to find myself doing this when my partner's watching Extenders, maybe, and I'm I'm not too interested in that, so I'll get the phone <laughs> out and have a uh, have a little bit of a play around. Some of it never sees the light of day. Other bits, are, you know, you, do, you, you create things when you're sitting at home. But I, I appreciate lots of other people won't be the same and won't have the passion that I have for it. But in in the working day, maybe give yourself fifteen to fifteen to thirty minutes a day.
0: When you post content, and we talking about getting people to follow you, and we're following other people, you know how. Is it appropriate to engage with the people that comment and, you know, how do you manage that relationship? Because obviously you're communicating on behalf of your organisation, aren't you?
1: Yeah. So for me, one of the reasons, one of, one of the points behind social media is to open up another communication channel. It, once again, that does take up time. Um, I know organisations um, that will post and won't necessarily follow up with engagement or communication. Don't get me wrong i know the main communications uh, are phone calls or emails um, however i do firmly believe that if you're posting stuff out there and parents comment or direct message you then then get in a conversation with them so i know it can be time consuming but i found it's gone down really well and it improved people's perceptions of the school that we are open for uh, communication and engagement and it's appreciated by people so if i'm making posts i'll try to tag in Um, organisations. So if our pupils were heading to the the amazing SS Great Britain here in Bristol, I'd tag in the SS Great Britain and they might say, thanks for sending your pupils down. They were a pleasure to have. And it's just good you pick up on comments there. I would tend to reply to direct messages we might get on Facebook and Instagram or, or Twitter. In your reply, you might want to suggest actually that this isn't monitored all the time. So the best way to contact the school is an email or point them in the right direction. some parents will keep coming back but if you, as long as they get a reply they're, they're quite happy um, mm-hmm. and, then, and then I'd reply on posts or comments and I think followers like the fact that the school engages with that and like I said I also find that quite handy if people uh, or pa- parents may post incorrect information about the school I, I think it's a it's a chance for the school to uh, reply with actual facts and say this isn't you wouldn't say this isn't actually true but you'd actually say, Uh, This is the fact. Because that does happen. Um, And I also like retweeting and sharing posts from others and liking comments and posts. It just shows good, good engagement.
0: One thing we haven't covered, I think we need to, is, you know, we've talked about taking pictures of children in classrooms and around the school. Making sure that you have consent for that. You know, how do you manage that and keep spontaneity and the excitement of, you know, posting some things on social media, but still making sure that you are acting appropriately?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's a pitfall, uh, which I know other schools have fallen down um, when they posted pictures of children who or families don't necessarily want them. for. You know, It could be a safeguarding reason or it could just be a personal choice if they don't want their child only appearing on social media. Um, what I tend to do is every month I tend to um, do a printout from our management information system of children who have consent. And I know GDPR changed things back in 2018 where uh, we had to be a, a lot more specific we couldn't just say you know do you want your photo uh, shared we have we've gone down the route of, do you want it on social media billboards marketing website etc mm. so I, I print off a list each month i keep a copy uh, on my desk on my notice board um, which i can just take down it doesn't contain any personal information so um, i can just take it down and if i get asked to go and take a photo it's all in year groups i can walk into a classroom and say read out some names of some pupils I know who are allowed to have their photo taken and then we can just get them uh, aside if I'm sent a picture by another member of staff I will always then go back and say can you give me a full list of pupils Mm. so I can double check Um, and on the odd occasion when there is a child on whose 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 photo does appear and I really want to use it I then end up probably if I can chopping the photo or or blurring the child's face so it's yeah, it's something we do take really seriously because it can get you in a, in a, a lot of trouble if um, you do share the the photos which aren't uh,
0: supposed to be shared. Yeah, that makes absolute sense. I know it's something that is of concern to obviously parents and and stakeholders, but also to us as school business leaders, we don't want it to be a reason why we don't engage on social media. There are ways to to do it properly, is not there?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And as well as having your list of who has consented, maybe have um you could you could do it the other way around and have the list of those who definitely. Don't want their photos taken or, or shared because um, that numbers is a lot smaller than you may mm. think for example though there are people who haven't returned their consent forms at my school who i won't use just in case but the chances are we we if we really want to use a photo we would bring the parents or i'd ask one of my colleagues to bring the parents and they say that they would say yeah of course you can i didn't realize i hadn't sent the consent form in and we get them to do mm. it there and then um, obviously if we do it once a year it's a bit of an exercise but we know some parents don't get around to returning the forms but um yeah definitely have a list of those who who shouldn't be shared for for safeguarding reasons or or child protection reasons um that's a good one to definitely have by your side
0: we have covered so much and i hope everyone listening who is thinking about getting started with social media i hope you've got a good place to start here in terms of your takeaways from this episode what do you want to leave our listeners with
1: uh yeah a few hints i would say um Remember your target audience. Each social media platform has a different audience. So have a think about who you're, what messages you're trying to get out there. Um, involve others. You can't do it on your own. You will need the help of others. Um, like I said, I've got my social media champions. I, I call upon if ever I need to speak to them. Uh, the one we just talked about, the consent. If you, if you are the one taking photos, have your consent form um, handy. So when you do go and take them, you can easily uh, figure out who who can be photographed and who can't. Find the time to keep to make uh, at least one post a day. I was talking about 15 to 30 minutes, maybe five minutes a day just to keep things ticking over because I don't think there's much worse than looking at feeds which are out of date or haven't been posted for months. Um, And then use photographs and videos as much as possible. These are a lot more engaging for people looking in and they can see instantly, even without words, Uh, what's going on the final thing i would say give it a go don't be afraid start simple and and have a go at it and if you do need any help or support i've got some notes which i'm more than happily share with you guys
0: one thing i did want to ask is obviously you have responsibility for this and you lead it like you say and other people are involved but in terms of protecting yourself as the person leading it you know who is involved above you in the organization that you know you can check in with and make sure everything's okay
1: yeah, I mean, in, in the past, I've uh, obviously got my head teacher, and my senior leadership team who um, follow what I put out there because um, they often ask me to put things out there on their behalf. Um, in the past, uh, i would spoken to in, in an off the cuff conversation with um, my CEO of the trust I'm in. Uh, we were talking about, I can't remember exactly what it was, during lockdown and the school had made a decision to do something. And, and um, parents were then coming back on Facebook saying, you can't do that. It's, you know, what about all the other children? and my, my mm. and the ceo was like well just reply to them and be honest and say this is why we're doing it this, so i've got the backing of my ceo if, if if anything i post So i do get a little bit edgy not edgy but i do get very factual um sometimes in my replies mm. uh, and i'm known, i'm known for that amongst my staff but i've got the backing of my ceo he knows i'm i'm only going to post factual things i'm not going to put the school uh, in any reputational problems hope, you know hopefully but i do think the school uh it has a right has a you know it should be allowed to post factual and uh, you know correct people if they're posting incorrect information about the school which sometimes can have a negative effect on social media and get quickly out of hand so yeah i'm i'm lucky enough that i've got my ceo and my head teacher on board with my posting so i, I would certainly if you're that person make sure if you are thinking about posting something slightly it's to just get the you know the authority from your head teacher or or, or somebody
0: and thank you so much for sharing all of this, Ali. It's, it's really great to hear you talk about your experiences and thank you also for agreeing to share some more information with us. Like I say, I'll post a link in the show notes. If people have just quick questions that they want to ask that may not be covered in what we've talked about today, where can they find you? Uh,
1: yeah, personally, you can find me on Twitter. So that's BigwoodAliSBM. Um, but if you want to have a look at, anyone wants to have a look at any of the content which my current school posts, um, I'm happy to share that. Instagram is a good one. So you'll see a lot of stories on that. If you search Bridge Learning Campus uh, and you can also see on Twitter, uh, that's Bristol underscore BLC. And you can get an idea of some of the posts which we do here. Uh, But like I say, if anyone wants any information or guiding through how we do anything, please feel free to drop me a line.
0: That's great. And what a great idea as well. You know, let's see it in action. So, yes, please do go and check out those accounts. Thank you so much, Ellie, for joining me today. It's been great to chat to you again. And yeah, let's look out for more social media accounts from schools.
1: Yeah, great. And you, Laura. Cheers.
0: It's true that social media can feel a bit daunting and a lot like a minefield. So I hope that this episode has reassured you, given you lots of ideas and the confidence to develop a social media strategy for your school. We're here to help, so check out the show notes at www.ljbusinessofeducation.co.uk for additional tips from Ali and other useful resources, plus Ali's contact details if you've got any questions. And, of course, if you listen to the episode today and you're on social media, let me know what you think. You can find me on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook under the same name, at Business. If you're listening to this podcast on an Apple device and you like what you've heard, it would be great if you could rate and review the show as it makes it easier for others to find it. Thank you so much to everyone who has left a review already. I read and appreciate every single one. You can rate and review the show by selecting the show in the Apple podcast app, scrolling to the bottom and either tapping the stars to rate and or selecting write a review. This show is available in all of the podcast directories, Just make sure you hit the subscribe button in your chosen podcast player so you don't miss an episode. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you soon.